0: All right, well, good evening, everybody. We're on week three of our journey on talking about loving like Jesus. You know, remember in the first week, we talked about how everyone mattered to God. You know, how every, God created, you know, everybody really with a purpose in life. And a lot of times, we treat them how we see ourselves. And what I mean by that is, is if I don't have dignity and, and I don't have a self-esteem that, that sees my worth in God it gets portrayed onto other people. And so I treat, start treating them that way because I'm not confident in who I am, and if I'm not confident, a lot of times I have to over-exaggerate my confidence by how I look at other people. So we talked about how treating people with dignity was important, how, how we have to celebrate diversity. You know, we're all different, thankfully. I mean, I don't know about you, but I only want one of me. You know, you guys might like yourselves more than that, but Trust me, I'm a handful by myself. You get a second one of me, and it just wouldn't be fun. For me, anyways, you guys may love it and just laugh. But our diversity, though, is what brings us together and builds the body. Everybody God created different and unique on purpose because he knew how it was supposed to all fit together. We talked about how living in community in that first week, and how living in community is just the best way to do life. I mean, this last year, how many of you guys can agree that the the separation from community was hard. You know, whether it was was your church family or whether it was your regular family, it was just hard to be separated. Because God called us to work together in community and to live together in community. He never called us to do this on our own. Life, I'm talking about. I'm not even talking Christianity right now. I'm just talking life. He never planned on you to do it by yourself. And so we want to remember, community is the best way to go about really loving people, is to invite them into that community. The, the fourth one is learning to love. Remember, we had to understand that God loved us first so we could learn how to love people. You know, the Bible talked about why we were yet sinners. Christ chose to die for us. Which is a pretty cool idea when you think about it. Your greatest enemy, just in, in natural terms, think about this. You're, the person you hate the most, you would choose to die for. That's what Jesus did. While we were still his enemy, his love chose to die for us. And then the the fifth thing we talked about that first week was reconciliation. I'm going to get more into that tonight as we go through. Last week we talked about how everyone matters to God. How Jesus didn't just love marginalized people, but he moved the margin to include everyone. There wasn't a specific group of people that he came to die for. And so we looked, and, and how, how we treat people, again, look, we looked at five different things, and we had to learn to start listening to people, not hearing to respond, but truly listening for their pain. I've, I've talked about this a lot this week with people. We are so busy treating symptoms in this country, we're never digging down to what the core problem is. You know, again, in healthcare we, we treat symptoms. And I'm not putting down healthcare because that's the way we've always done it. We treat symptoms, but very rarely do we get to the core of what's going on and fix that. And that's what's going on when we're not listening to people. We're trying to say, okay, this is what they're dealing with, so let me help them here. When God's saying, no, there's something deeper going on, there's a self-esteem issue, there's a hurt issue, there's a pain issue, there's a guilt issue, there's a shame issue that, that is deeper than the surface. And so we need the Holy Spirit to help us listen for their pain. And then we have to be willing to stop what we're doing and give them our full attention. Which again, today is hard. Because we think we have so many things going on. And then we have to look. We have to open our eyes walking through a store. We have to open our eyes walking down a hallway. We have to open our eyes at home and you will see what god wants you to touch if you're willing to open your eyes and look and let the holy spirit guide that because he will guide you to where you need to go just like we were saying spirit lead me where you know spirit lead me spirit guide me we t- we pray that all the time but then we say okay but i got to get to work now so don't bother me right now so we we look and then we ask what's going on we start we start asking people probing questions not to find out about them, but to find out about their pain so we know where we can help them. Like the blind men we had talked about last week where Jesus walked up, and I'm, I'm pretty sure most people in the crowd knew what they were going to ask for. They were blind. I, I, he probably freaked you all out. You know, we just want a couple Big Macs from Burger King, you know, whatever. But he said, what do you need? And they're like, dude, we want to see. He's like, okay, fine. I'll do what I can to help you. And see, that's just it. That's all we do. We do what we can to help. We don't necessarily have to fix the whole problem, but when we're willing to go out of our way to do what we can, they start seeing the love of Jesus in us. It doesn't mean we fix every problem. It just means we're obedient to the call Christ gave us. And as as we continue to look at a culture, we continue to look even in our homes or in our families, our friends, everything is just divided. I mean, don't don't, just don't watch the news. Do me that favor. Your life would be so much happier if you just stopped watching the news. Because it's all about division. It's all about people yelling and more volume and more enthusiasm. And, and I'm right and you're wrong. And if, you're, if you don't agree with me, you're really wrong. And you're this and you're that and you're left and you're right and you're conservative and you're liberal. Who cares? Jesus is still the king of kings. Why do we got to argue about this stuff and then get irate and then start fighting with each other? And that's really representing Jesus. Let's just focus on Jesus. Let Him fix the problems. It's not our job. Our job is to follow Jesus. Now, as I talked about before, if I say I'm a follower of Jesus and say a a brother sees I'm doing something wrong, I pray that he has enough guts to come up and tell me what I'm doing is wrong because that's real love. But see, some of the people that have invested in my life and I've invested in their lives So they have the right to tell me. Some random stranger comes up and says, guess what, you're going to hell if you don't do this, this, and this. It's the checkbook theory. If you haven't made any deposits, you can't write any checks. If You didn't know that, kids? There's some accounting stuff for you. If you ain't got no money in a checking account, don't write checks. It's the same thing with interaction with people. If I haven't invested in someone's life, I can't write a check out of their life. So I have to invest time so I do what I can. Well, we're not the first generation to ever deal with division. hate to break this to you. If you go back, and we're going to go into Corinthians tonight, we're going to go into 2 Corinthians, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and it's divided, and it's in the midst of difficulty. It's in a culture that's divided. It's it's in a church that's being torn apart from the inside out. Now, I, have to, I want to apologize quick, and it's not a, a sorry apologize, but I think if you are a new believer or if you are just coming to check Jesus out and you listen to some of these initial messages, it may have sounded like I was talking about self-help. You know, if you, if you give people dignity and you celebrate diversity and you live in community and you love everyone and you reconcile people and you listen to them, that everything will get all better. And the reason I want to apologize is because what that turns into is manipulation we're either trying to manipulate the other person to do what we want them to do or we're trying to manipulate ourselves to feel a way that we don't really feel. Everything starts and ends with surrender at the cross. I cannot treat people with dignity that they deserve without the cross. I cannot celebrate diversity, truly celebrate it, except from my working from the cross. I live in community because of the cross. And so the reason I want to say, I I want to give that a little bit of apologies to help people understand, is this isn't about self-help. This is about self-less. Thinking of myself less and lifting Jesus up more, because the more I become like Him, the easier this stuff becomes and it becomes true and we see true life change. Because see, when we try, I don't know if you guys have ever done this. You just tried to do something really hard and it just didn't work. Maybe it's just me that's done that. Do you give up at that point? Usually we do. Because it's just too hard. And again, guess what? Being a Christian and living a Christian life is hard. I'm not going to lie to any of you. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we need less of what I think is right and more of what God says is right. Because then I can live right because it's not me trying to make decisions. It's the decisions that have already been made for me. So tonight, again, if you go into 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 16. Everybody there? Almost? All right, I'll give you a second. One. You there? (laughs) All right, it starts off and says, Therefore, from from now on we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he was committed to us in the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. Now, what Christy, what Christy read tonight was great because she actually was up at her dad's and just texted me that, that that was the verse she was going to read. I'm like, perfect, it works great with my message tonight. You know, our, our life is hidden with Christ in God. And when we understand that we've been reconciled to God because of what Christ did, there are some things that I want to go over tonight to, to help you understand what that looks like. We're going to break those verses down a little bit tonight and, and, and dig into them a little bit. Not too much, but just a little bit. Because the first thing that happens, if you go back to verse 16, therefore, from now on, we know, on, on, we on recognize no one according to the flesh. So the first thing that happens when we come to Jesus and we make Him Lord of our lives is we see new things. Our perspective has been changed. We no longer look at people through the eyes of the natural, but we look at people as children of God that He created. Because even though they said, even though we've known Christ according to the flesh, yet we now know Him this, in this way no longer. We see things differently, or we should see things differently, when we come to Christ, when we make Him Lord of our lives. Because that's what He does. And what we call the supernatural is the natural for God. So when I'm looking at somebody, what lens am I looking at them through? Do they measure up to what I think they should be? Do they look the way I think they should? These these are all things we just naturally go to, aren't they? Again, I I can guarantee you, probably not one of you would have invited me to church, except maybe Emil. When I first went to church, bad attitude. Three, yeah, three different piercings in my ear because as before it was cool to have them all. All black. You looked at me funny, I punch you. This is is the guy that stands before you today with what Christ did. Did People see me that way. I've had people tell me that. I never invited you to church. I'm like, well, thankfully when me and my wife got back together, I said, if we don't put God first, this marriage will never work. I never asked anybody if it was okay to go to church. We found the church on accident. I'm like, I know I don't want to do this. And she says, I know I don't want to do this because we both were raised that way. My uncle was an unlicensed pastor in the Assemblies of God down in Alabama. He was the first one I called. I said, let's find an Assemblies of God church, see what happens. We sat in the back row. We didn't like each other yet, me and my wife. Because God hadn't worked through that yet. But we liked each other enough to work at it. And I sit in the back, and the first message, and this God's honest truth, the message he preached that night, or that morning, was I will never water down the gospel to make someone happy. Now, you all know my personality. I'm like, that's what I want. I want somebody who's willing to tell me the truth, whether I like it or not, because I want the truth. And I started seeing things differently. I started seeing my wife differently. Whether she liked me or not didn't matter. I was going to love her because Jesus loved me. That's 19 years ago. This year will be 29 years we've been married. So don't tell me God can't do something when we surrender what we see for what He says. Nobody is beyond Him. 1 Corinthians 7.31 says, For this present form of this world is passing away. If we misunderstand who Jesus is, we misunderstand why He came. Because see, when we see Him for who He is, we see life through a different lens. Because it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. It doesn't say... If this person is in Christ, they're a new creation. Or if that person acts that way, they're a new creation. It says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. So you walk in with stuff that happened this weekend, last night, maybe today, since we had service in the evening. Maybe something bad happened today, and you walked in here tonight, and you said, guess what, Jesus? I am here before you. I'm sorry for what I did. I repent of my sins. I, I, I really want to change. He says, guess what? Everything you did has now been forgiven. Pick up the new and walk out with it. See, too often what happens is we take the old, we bring it to the cross, we set it down, we may cry because we're emotional, and God gets a hold of us, and then what do we do when we get up? We pick it back up and put it over our shoulder like it's ours to carry. God says, no, what you did yesterday, I've taken as far as the east is from the west to the deepest of the seas, never to be remembered anymore. You are a new creation in Christ. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you think you are. Jesus died for you and me. And that's the second thing that happens when we we start looking at this. Verse 17 says that. Everything becomes new. We received a new life when we came to Christ. See, our trespasses, our sins, those who are spiritually dead, those who have been deadened, When we come to Christ, he says, no, I give you the keys to life. Wake up. Quit hanging on to dead religion. Quit hanging on to dead shame. Quit hanging on to dead sins, dead guilt, whatever thing that's holding you back. He's saying, quit hanging on to it. I've given you the keys to unlock yourself from that because I took them from the depths of hell. When he says I've taken the keys of death and hell, that's the keys he took. It did like a big janitor ring of keys. And it may be guilt on one. It may be shame on another one. It may be adultery on another one. It may be pornography on another one. It may be lust on this one. It may be a financial thing on this one. And he says, unlock that lock and walk away from it and leave it. I've taken it. Okay, that's some good preaching. You guys got to get excited. God sets you free. See, I'm glad you're here this morning and I'm glad people are watching us. But I want you to understand is Christianity is not about turning over a new leaf. It's not about trying harder. It's about surrendering to Jesus. The Gospel is not you do. The Gospel is Jesus did. That's it. Don't make it more difficult than that. Don't make it thinking... And and again, it was great this morning. He talked about this very same thing. The gospel isn't about you trying to act a certain way or be a certain person. The gospel is about Jesus Christ died for your sins. Receive it. That's it. And then you have a new life. See, John 3.3, this is what Jesus said. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. See, he was talking to religious folk there. Of course, religious folk, our natural mind, says, "How am I supposed to be born again? Do I got to crawl back up in my mother's womb? Now, what was the dumber statement? That one, or you got to be born again? Think about that for a second. How do you not read your Bible and giggle? Am I supposed to crawl back up in my mom? First off, she's going to say, no. Y'all are too big for that. But it's like, how do you not get this? You guys are supposed to be teachers of the law. Jesus is saying, how do you not get it? You're a new creation. You've been born again. Born again means you're new. See, God called us to see things differently and to look at people differently, not trying harder, but by receiving our life in Jesus, Because when we receive that life in Jesus, we have a new look and a new life. Now, I still like the Raiders. I don't own a lot of black stuff. Actually, most of my stuff still is black, but that's a whole other reason I wear it now. You know, again, I can show you pictures from back then. Look in the eyes of some people. You can tell when they have life and when they don't. That's why it's so important to make eye contact when you're talking with people. The third thing you're going to realize out of these scriptures, verses 18 and 19, says you're sent on a mission for reconciliation. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us, first to himself, through Christ, and gave us the ministry of of reconciliation, namely that is God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. See, so what happens in our walk with God is first we have to understand He reconciled us. It's nothing we did. Okay, God reconciled us to Himself through Jesus. The second step in doing that is He says, guess what, then you carry that message to the world. You've been given that message now. You received it, now go give it. You received reconciliation, now give somebody reconciliation. If we think about the Great Commission, isn't that really what it's all about? Matthew 28:19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He reconciled you to God and gave you the ministry of reconciliation in the name of Jesus to reconcile people back to their Creator and to a Father who loves them and sent His Son to die for them. Is that how you see people? That Jesus died for them? When we understand Jesus did it for us, it makes it a lot easier to do it for someone else. So if you're struggling seeing other people that way, I'm going to mention this a lot more towards the end here. We might need to go back to the cross and remember what we received. See, we didn't get saved for so long we forgot what we got saved from. We have the same, we're the same sinful nature as that person that you're judging. The fourth thing is our mission. We were, third one is on mission. Fourth one is our mission. Is to represent Jesus to the world. Or as I like to say, represent him to the world. It says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. How many of y'all feel like ambassadors? How, how many of y'all watch TV shows? You ever seen those shows where they have ambassadors coming in and they're riding in these big cars with flags on the front of them and it's like bulletproof stuff? That's an ambassador. <laughs> That's you. Do you see yourself as that important? God thinks you are. God thinks you're that important because he calls you an ambassador for Christ. As though God were making appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be rec- are you broken for, for people around you? Or, it would be nice if they showed up at church. Or does that brokenness break you? See, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines ambassador as an authorized representative or messenger. So according to this verse, you are an authorized representative of the kingdom of God wherever you walk. Do You carry that importance with you. You want to love in a fractured world? Represent Jesus and his kingdom well. John 20, 21 says, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So see, you got your marching papers, but it wasn't from a church. It wasn't from Christianity. It was from Jesus himself saying, go represent me. Show people who I really am. But see, as as Jesus was talking about that, he tells us how to prioritize things And in Matthew 6.33 he says the easiest way to do this, the easiest way to go as citizens in the kingdom of God is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then all this other stuff will be added unto you. That's Matthew 6.33. So as we're sent by Jesus into this broken world, into this culture that can't seem to come together, if we seek God's kingdom first and we seek his righteousness above everything else, We go out into a broken world with the healing word from God because it's the Holy Spirit guiding us and he leads us to where we need to go so I don't have to try to figure out how to fix it. All I got to do is represent Jesus. He fixes it. He sets it free. Because when we understand we're representing Jesus in his kingdom, we understand that it's his kingdom that has arrived and he's the king of it.